Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly, the podcast. I say welcome back because um, I suppose we should start with an apology. Uh, we've been AWOL. We have been more, more or less conspicuous by our absence than Florian Tovan of late. It's been that bad. Uh, I should have said player, really, shouldn't I? But still, uh, yes, my name is Chris. I'm your host. And um, yeah, we have, we have been away for a few weeks. Um, Rich is still away, actually. He's on holiday. Um, Jez has been stressed with work. Uh, I've had a few um, few side issues myself. Uh, Phil's been on holiday as well. Um, it's been a bit of a storm of the proverbial. So apologies. Um, and thank you to all those kind boys and girls who did uh, tweet and contact us saying, are you still there? Are you still alive? Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind of yeah. you. For, for it's like in. at the best of times, it's like herding cats with a stick in this yes. last month. The cats, have, the cats have scattered. Run away. And this time of year doesn't help as well because everyone's got thousands of things to do. But uh, anyway, more on that later. Um, that is the, the vocal talents of Phil. So evening to you, Phil. Good evening. And also we have Jez as well. Hiya, Jez. Hi. Right then, um, not a moment to waste then. Now, rather than uh, filling your ears with four to five rounds of games, which we could have done, we've uh, made a decision between us all where we're, we're going to kind of just sweep things into one big bundle and kind of work our way down the table and just pick out a few things that have happened in recent times uh, during the fixtures and, and what's been going on. Uh, we do have games in action as we speak. Um, we have uh, Bordeaux, a 2-0 up on Nîmes, although more on that in a moment probably when we get to Bordeaux uh, that's still half time which we'll explain why in a second Brest 3-0 up on Strasbourg and uh, Marseille currently 2-0 up the uh, away at Angers so we'll keep you posted on those when they finish we have Lille uh, Leon Lille sorry to come later on this evening probably before we, we uh, probably start before we finish this recording so we'll keep you posted on that one but let's uh, let's go back then to the league table and work our way down. Um, won't surprise many people to know that we find PSG top. Um, but since the last recording that we did, um, they had the very unexpected defeat to Dijon. Uh, they then beat Marseille 4-0 in the Classique. And they beat Nice 4-1 away before being washed down the plug hole with a, a rained-off game away in the Principality with Monaco. Um, just... PSG in terms of where they are in the season if Marseille do hold out for this win tonight of course there'll be a game in hand for PSG or two games in hand actually but it'll be just a two-point gap is that more of a, a sort of a statement of how much PSG are seemingly very focused on the Champions League this season and have maybe taken their eye off the ball a little bit in Liga or is it just an anomaly which we know will all be rectified in a month or two's time? It's a two-point gap with two games in hand, so it should be an eight-point gap um, once they're, they're sort of evened out. Um, I, I, I don't, yeah, it's not an anomaly. I think it probably says more about, sadly, the, the rest of the league this year. To be honest, I think it's probably the worst league any year, uh, season for several years. And that this Marseille, Marseille team are comfortably second, I think is an indictment. I thought I'd start already, early with the Marseille. Already, Jez, already? <laughs> I think it's a real, real <laughs> indictment of the, the paucity of equality in Ligue 1 this year. I really do. But as for PSG, the the more I think about it, the more I think they're in a very good place in a way. I, I don't... Um, at the start of the year, and also sort of backed up further by 
what the, the stuff that Leonardo was saying at the start of the year, which maybe was kidology, when he was saying, you know, we're really going to have to pull back, tighten the purse strings. This isn't going to be a bling bling PSG. This is going to be a very difficult season. I thought it might be a transition season, but you look at, at where they are. You look at the fact that they've now actually got a midfield. Um, the fact that they've got a choice of strikers. Um, they've got a few, as long as they all stay fit, attacking midfielders to choose from. They're not entirely reliant on Mbappe. Di Maria has been superb for the last 18 mm. months. Icardi has been clinical, which means that it hasn't mattered when Mbappe has been injured or Cavani has been out of favour. I just think, and Nav, even Navas, who I still think Ariola has treated badly, I still think for the most part Navas has not been impressive. But you look at his performance last week against Real Madrid. I do. Th I think they're very well placed at the moment. And even those sort of freak defeats in the league to, to like Ren and, and, and Ass, I kind of think maybe that's not such a bad thing for them just in terms of not getting too carried away with their own hype as they, they may have done in previous years. Um, even the injuries that they, they've had possibly will stand them in good stead later in the year when Neymar might be a bit fresher and Mbappe might be a bit fresher. I think they're in a good place. And obviously a lot depends on the, the vagaries of the, of the the Champions League draw and you know whether Thiago Silva loses his bollocks in the second leg and, and starts um, panicking and retreating like he has done previously. But I, th I think they're well-placed to... Obviously, they're going to win the league, but I think they're possibly in a better position than previous years, Champions League-wise as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And um, two things just want to touch on briefly before we move uh, on to Marseille, Phil, with, with PSG, is the, just touched on it there, the resilience of the squad. Um, Idrissa Gay, for me, has been a massive plus. The uh, the, the form of, of Di Maria and Anicardi as well, like, as was saying that gives them that, that real depth. Is that ultimately what's going to be the key for them in terms of fighting on all fronts to, yeah, to skip the league as well as the Champions League potentially? I think in in kind of in previous years, obviously Cavani has been top of the goal scoring table. Um, but what we've got now with him out is Icardi and Di Maria both got six goals and Bappe's got five. It looks a more distributed team. Um and so that means, hopefully, that, as Jess said, uh, Di Marie has been brilliant. He's just kind of calmly stepped into the app and gone, you know, all right, chaps, got this. And so that's a very reassuring thing. And as you say, with a bit more possibly consistency and less flakiness in midfield, good to know. Um, so there'll always be questions about about them and when it hits the big game you know the remontada and the the collapses and everything like that but it does look it does look promising and it's just says you know they are going to win the league um mm. the the this marseille creeping up on them is due to games in hand largely but if they can put a dent in the Champions League they look in a good place to do that it's a tough group and so we'll we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it pans out but the the whole thing with again you know losing to Dijon 
that one we mentioned yeah. and it's that weird situation where Dijon had like no points and then took points off Marseille, Lyon and PSG. Yeah. <laughs> Those were their, basically their first points. It's like there is some, still some weird stuff going on in Ligue 1, which is, is good to see, I think. So we're all for it. Yeah. So. And, and speaking of strange, I'll just stick with you because I know this is probably not a, a, a subject as is too keen to focus in on, so I'll give it to you instead, Phil. Um, we're in second place, we do find Marseille. Um, as you said at the kickoff at the time of recording, they're tuning up away at Angers, so it does look like they're going to win again. Um, are we giving, taking the squad away for a second, are we giving VS Boas enough credit here? I mean, they have only lost three games this season. Yes, they're still pretty dull. Um, I watched the match well, with... Toulouse was one that I just couldn't. I mean, Toulouse are terrible. I mean, they've got five losses on the bounce. But I think Marseille, their fans still maybe aren't particularly happy. But I think that's with, like you say, the style rather than the results. Because they are second. They beat OL 2-1 back in uh, game 13. While they were down to dodgy refereeing, but obviously we're not allowed to talk about that because only Marseille are hard done by. Down to 10 men uh, for the last 30 minutes. Um, Benedetto seems to have kind of found his his place now. Early on, it was a bit, yeah, whatever. Um, But now he's also on six goals. Um, They still have... They still have weaknesses, let's be fair. But it's, I think, we've always uh, always talked before, should they strengthen the attack or the midfield or the defence or the goalkeeper? Now we're looking more at sides, I think. Um, And Bounassar has been, I've got notes here, that he was, um, you know, he's really impressive. And it's more um, that, where there's a weakness, it's a weakness as a channel another team can run down rather than an area of the pitch they can run through, if you see what I mean. Mm. And that's something which maybe with a little bit of moving people around uh, will be less of a problem. And so, you know, they're up in second and they've done it because... They've won four on the bounce. They're winning a fifth. It's they're not distracted by Europe. Um, this seems to be, you know, going well. And maybe their fans should actually, you know, focus on that rather than going on about them being dull, as you say, because you know they're doing they're doing the job at the moment, and that's. They're the form team in Liga, and they're second. And you know, then maybe not going to catch PSG, but they can run them hard if they um, if they keep their focus. So yes, I think uh, Villaspuerta is doing a good job of getting what was last year a bit of a flaky bunch um, into a more coherent unit. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can only beat what is in front of you, as the old saying goes. Um, I think I think Velasquez is doing a superb job. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think anyone's criticised him too much, and I haven't heard Marseille fans criticise 
the team for a bad style of play because I think generally they're just happy to be where they are. I think it's maybe other people who have been. But I think with that limited squad, I think he's doing excellently and the players are buying into it. But I think a lot of it is down to Benedetto, which I think turned out to be a brilliant move. But also Rangier, who I think has has transformed a sort of very slow, unimaginative midfield into something a lot more dynamic. Mm. Um, And then also the fact that obviously there's a major international tournament at the end of the season, so suddenly Payet gives a shit again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there, there is that. Yeah, there, there is that. I'm, I'm frantically trying to look up the um, the character. Um, yeah, fans of Prison Break sidebar here. If you haven't seen the resemblance between Rangier and Robert Nepper's character Teabag Bagwell in Prison Break, just give it a little Google. You won't. You won't. Honestly, thank you later. You'll see it too. Um, um, also, just on the whole. Um, <clears throat> Uh, who are Van Halen front? Mm, uh, I think if, if if you were going to look at which group of teenagers or young twenty early twenties people have actually heard of Van Halen, the one place you'd look to is possibly Marseille. Um, uh, I think. Um, who hasn't heard of Van Halen? My goodness wow, me! Well, yeah, a you're a metalhead, though, aren't you? Well, yeah. Um, but uh, I think they had, before one of the games recently, uh, a young guy who uh, was bought a piano um, through crowdfunding, uh, yeah. played Jump, which is their uh, traditional entry music uh, before one of their games. So I thought that was that was great. But, you know, who is Billy, whatever her name is, I don't, I have no idea. But every pretty much every kid in Marseille is going to know who Van Halen are. I'm yeah, it was sure um, it, it's <laughs> very much worth I'm just frantically scrolling to try and find the lad's name but it's really, really good. Yeah, really, mm. really good um, the video is. I will I will find it and put it in the, in the article. I've just found it. The lad's called uh, Murad Tosimpo a 15 year old piano prodigy um, yeah. from a deprived Marseille suburb who was bought a free piano went viral on social media so yeah, yeah. given the free piano so yeah good, good okay send me the link i'll put it in the in the article all we'll, right we'll do right um we're going to cluster a few clubs together now because we've done the top two so uh jez you get the honor um of uh, a sort of a four-way split here um Andre, despite obviously looking like well they are going to lose tonight to marseille but they're riding high in third still. Um, we've got Bordeaux currently winning now 4-0. They're going to be going up to uh, fourth. Um, and then we also find Nantes in sixth. And slightly surprising to me, sorry, Phil, but Marseille, uh, Mont- Marseille, Montpellier up to fourth. Um, unbeaten in five. Okay, three draws in that. But they seem to have come out of nowhere. It took me a bit by surprise. Um, thoughts on any of those four clubs? Bordeaux was well impressive at the moment. What, what's your thoughts on that sort of cluster of four teams just below the top two? I think there's an argument for saying that, again, a lot of it is down to very good management. Um, yeah, basically in all four cases, I mean, Bordeaux, as, as sort of touched on earlier, it's a big mess. It was a big mess in the summer. It's still a big mess off the pitch in terms of ownership and who owns it and who wants to own it and whether the the sort of two companies or sub-companies owning it are getting on with each other and one wants to leave and the other one doesn't. It's just a complete mess, which in theory, well, I was going to say can't fail to, to 
affect the team. I think it definitely affected them in the summer because it had a big effect on recruitment or lack of recruitment on misguided in recruitment. But the bottom line is that I think in, in Paolo Sosa, they've got a, a really good coach there and he's managing to, to get the team to sort of ignore what's happening behind the scenes and, and really play as a good unit. I think Koscielny has helped solidify the defence. Um, there's the goals are sort of being shared around this week. It seems to be Madja who's who's um, who's in the goals, and I, I just think that there's a little bit of a feel good factor coming back to to one of France's kind of traditional clubs, um, which is also a description of Nantes. And I think that they they've fallen off a tiny bit of the data win at the weekend. But again, I think Christian Gourcuff is a, is a very good coach. That's the bottom line. And again, I'm not sure that Nantes are the strongest team. I mean, obviously they're not the strongest team. I'm not sure they're the sixth best team in France, but um, Gourcuff is is sort of using his nous and experience and getting the best out of out of the team, so they're sort of better together as the, than the sum of their parts. He's he's found, you know, in Toure and Koulibaly, they seem to be scoring most of the goals between them. But as long as they keep that up during the season, that's going to help. Again, they're they're sort of tight in defence. I think Girotto has been converted into a really effective centre back. Palois is continuing his sort of cult, cult hero status. They've got some exciting players like like um, I don't know if it's Simon Simon or Simon Simon um, Bamba as well, who who um, I think are sort of capturing the fans' imagination, and they're doing a great job too. And for Angers and Montpellier, not. I think it's probably fair to say that both teams have always um, sort of in recent seasons been based more on a strong defence. Um, Angers maybe a little bit less so this year because they've, they've conceded as many of they, as they've scored. Um, but again, I just I think both teams are, are playing better, well, better football to be fair than, than those reputations suggest. You just need to look at... Um, the, the type of goals that Montpellier scored the other day mm. to show I know they were helped out by Otero getting himself sent off, which hasn't worked out well with, with the Amiens coach. But still, you know, four different scorers, four different types of goals, really impressive stuff. Angers, every year they seem to kind of sell their, their star player and you wonder, surely they can't, can't carry this on for another year. Um, and every year they do. Every year they sort of uncover new stars, um, Bohorkun, I've never been absolutely convinced about, but he's doing a good job. Um, what's his name in midfield? Baptiste Santa Maria? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's sort of winning rave reviews. Um, I think he, he he's probably going to be the one that goes for, for big money in the summer. Um, Fulgini, I think he's got a fantastic goal at the weekend. I think he's he's been one of the more underrated players in Liga for, for a good couple of years now in terms of his versatility. He's almost like a mini Tolisso. Um, so I think all four teams are punching above their weight. And and I, I think it's really good to see that it's kind of um, in different ways, but basically down to very good coaching. Um, yeah, that they're, they're all sort of um, doing better than they probably rightfully should be. Yeah. Yeah, I think you make some, some good points there. And uh, as we go slightly deeper down the table, Phil, we've got uh, we've got Leon and Lille in seventh and eighth, and they're joined by St Etienne and Rich's mm. Wren in ninth and tenth. Um, we kind of have covered St Etienne fairly deeply in, in recent pods. 
um, in terms of Club World coming in there. We've spoken at, at length with Rich about um, uh, Stefan's uh, need to get wins. He's got three in the last five, which has been crucial. Um, and then Leon and Leon meet tonight, where the winner of that game could potentially go as high as third. Um, are we seeing those four clubs being the ones that will make the break to potentially replace the four above them as the season progresses? Oh, I think they're hoping so. But while they continue to be so kind of inconsistent and unreliable, um, you know, um, maybe the uh, defensive structure and, and good coaching of the four above them will will hold out because I mean Saint Etienne um had uh, were booed off after drawing nil nil at home against Montpellier in, in game fourteen and then lost against Rennes at the weekend. Um they're playing Nice uh tomorrow. So they're they need to get back on track reasonably reasonably quickly. Uh you've got uh, Lyon, who had a um, slightly got themselves back on track with the um, the win over Nice and then over Strasbourg, but that sets up that uh, Lyon Lille game tonight as being a very interesting one because Lille have become much more patchy recently. Um, whether that's connected to half of their technical staff leaving to join a certain person at Spurs is, uh, I don't know how much impact that had, but they've not had a good uh, run in the last five games. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how, how that pans out. But in a sense, as Jess said, um, there may not be stars in the four teams above them. But there's good coaching, and maybe that's uh, a better way to deal with uh, ups and downs, and also injuries, which could uh, kick in um, to make this not uh, inevitable that those uh, kind of teams from seven to ten will will pick up, as it were. I mean, obviously, Osimhen has got. Eight goals so far. Um, Dembele is the top scorer in the league with ten, um, but there's uh, there's still some wiggle room there because there's still some wobbliness, maybe. And uh, it'll be interesting to see going into Christmas how um, how this pans out because if the the ones who are three to six at the moment can kind of dig their heels in that's going to make it difficult for uh for the teams in the in the little section below to to come up yeah yeah i'm quite intrigued to see what this game will bring tonight with leon and, and leo because it is potentially I, I i don't know just quickly on this actually jez i'll just bring you on on this do you feel like leon and leo's seasons domestically will largely be based upon what happens in the Champions League because it, it would appear that a Lille pretty much gone, aren't they, unless they beat Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Leon have an uphill task but can still get through. Do you feel that's the case, Jez? Do you think that's probably what's going to determine how their two seasons go? 
Um, well, I think, yeah, as you said, Lila basically out of Europe anyway. And I think now just Gautier has to concentrate on, on rebuilding his team. They, they've shown flashes, but they're, they're really not playing anywhere near as well as last year. Even Ikone has lost form since his international call-up. And they seem very much to be relying on, on Ozimen to, to kind of pull them out of the fire most weeks. Um, for Lyon... Lyon are Lyon, aren't they? Like whether they're in the Champions League or Europa League or not, it kind of just depends which Lyon turn up. And for most of this season, it hasn't been a very good one. In recent weeks, in a way, it's kind of the image of, of Rudy Garcia and probably what, what Olas wanted as a quick fix. That they haven't really. You know, the, the match at the weekend against Strasbourg was a perfect example. They they kind of they started very badly, but then they they sort of got a foothold. They they played quite um, ruggedly, sort of weathered the storm, and without looking particularly um, sort of stunning, they 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 ground out a very important win away from home against a team who I know are literally that this second, they've just gone 5-0 down against Brest, yes. um, had, had been in good form. Um, so uh, maybe maybe tonight's result takes a bit of the shine off Lyon's win, but it was I, I still think it was an impressive win um, considering Strasbourg's form of recent weeks. And mm. that's the thing, I think, Probably with with most teams that are going through a very bad run, you kind of the first thing is they have to get those wins, however they get them, and then once they've built up that confidence again, then you look to them to to start playing more entertaining stuff. And the question is whether Garcia is capable of doing that. But at the moment, he steadied the ship. I think they got four wins out of the last five, and for the moment, that's all you can ask from him. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, big apologies to the next couple of clubs I'm going to mention, but you're kind of in mid-table, so sorry, but you just have to win more and we'll talk about you more. But I will just quickly mention, uh, Rams still having a terrific season, four draws in the last five, but they're 11th. Uh, nice um, may focus on in the coming weeks, because I think there will be an interesting point to bring up when we have a quiet week, so we'll save that, but they're in 12th. Quick mention for Strasbourg, three wins out of uh, five, not tonight with standing, where obviously it's all gone horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> How but they has were, this happened? I, I know, mean... they, were, they were dead and buried when we last podded, and now, you know, it's almost like we need to go away again so they can get their form back. I mean, what's happened, five? Phil? Like, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, uh... it's quite a rise, isn't it? Yeah. So, Brest are back up there, um, having, um, yeah... Uh, hat trick for Bitocchio. His first ever goals in Liga. <laughs> there you go. I mean, if you got a goal scorer, that because that was the key thing for Strasbourg, wasn't it? They weren't scoring goals, um, and, and and now they're conceding large. Yeah, numbers. and now they can see. Yeah, it's, again the curse of the pod. We return, and this is what <laughs> happens. But but yes, um, um, we did mention Rams. Should mention Monica as well. Obviously, their game was postponed with PSG at the weekend. Um, Jazz, they've won three out of the last four. Ship kind of turned around, but I don't know what it is. I'm still not like convinced by them. I don't. I don't know what it is. Wins no. at home to Rennes and away at Nantes and away at Dijon. You sort of think they're the sort of results they're needing, but I don't know what it is about them. Something's not quite right for me. What, what do you make of that project? Sort of since Jardine's. Has been back and, and how things are going this season. 
Well, the, the Ren match for a start was very much the fact that they were the least bad of two very, very bad teams that, that evening. Um, I think just generally, I just don't don't think it's a good place at the moment. Um, R- Romain Molina, who's a very good sort of French kind of in- investigative football journalist, has done a couple of interesting exposés on, on what's going on behind the scenes at Monaco, and particularly with Jardim. And just ev- everything suggests that Firstly, there's no direction behind the scenes that it looked like pretty much Mendes was ruling the roost beforehand. And now someone's come in and kind of put the brakes on him, which is a start. But in the meantime, there's there's no one with a good idea of sort of what to do next. And the Jardim was just, it was just a huge mistake to bring him back. Um, he's kind of, he's very much, he's turned a lot of the squad, mainly the younger ones, but even Falcao and Lopez, um, sort of leading to their departure, he's turned them against um, against him. He the the young players are completely unmotivated. They know perfectly well that whatever happens, however good they are and however bad Glick and Jemison are, or the likes of Glick and mm. Jemison and Subasic, they'll always be in the team because they're they're Jardim's favourites. Um, I think probably there was some bad blood left about how um, how Henri was was treated as well. Um, apparently he's just obsessed with money rather than winning matches. And I think really it's just the form of Slimani and, and Ben Yedder, which is kind of hiding a real mess there. And you look at um, uh, Monaco's stats with and without Ben, with, with and without Slimani, and they're, they're absolutely shocking. Yeah, and then the only time that, that they dropped, I think they, before the match the other day where he scored and was then sent off, I think they won every match in which he's played, um, possibly without conceding, and lost every match in which he hadn't played. Something like that, some crazy stat like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be exactly that because they've had three draws, but uh, <laughs> something to the effect that he is extremely important anyway to to the way they play and certainly the way they win. Um, and there are rumours that the Jardim's hanging on and if he had lost to PSG, he might have been out of a job. I don't think that's the case. I think they'll wait at least till the winter and even the winter break. And even then, you think of the money he's made out of Monaco in the last couple of years anyway. Mm. Um, but I don't know whether they can afford or whether they want to sort of hand him several further million euros or whatever. So I just, I just think the whole club's a real mess at the moment. Yeah, yeah I mean, when you look at the, the top scorer team uh, table, Rather, Ben Yedder's on nine and Slimani's on six. And that's a big combined number. Mm. But it is a, a, good com, a good combined number as well. So the fact that there's the two of them doing this is uh, interesting. But I had a note, because obviously we've missed a couple of weeks, as you've mentioned. My notes from game 14, when they uh, took the lead away against Bordeaux and then ended up losing 2-1, are they back in trouble? Um, because they didn't have the, the nous to protect that lead, to build on it. They were pegged back and they didn't look convincing trying to avoid that. And so, yeah, the fact is, 
if you're reliant on two attackers to do your dirty work, in a sense, that's less problematic than if you are reliant on one attacker, which I think the Mets fan in the room will possibly agree with. Um, so it's something that's possibly a little bit um, uh, vulnerable, but there are two of them. Mm. So it's going to be a case of if they keep at least one of them fit, yeah. then, you know, they should be able to, to ride the storm, but no, it's still they're still not out of the woods. No, I do. Definitely. I do wonder if uh, if Shadi missed his opportunity of a, a different, fresh job, and I, I wonder if the uh, if the, the club I follow had happened to have had a job vacancy, or if he'd have been more available when they first had a vacancy before Mister Emery came in. I do wonder if things might have been a bit different. It just feels like maybe he shouldn't have gone back. There, I say it, but time will. We'll tell on that one. Um, going down the table again further, obviously, Brest winning tonight will catapult them up to, does quick maths, joint 10th um, on 21 points. So, again, notable nod for them. We will give them a little bit more love, I think, at some point. Also, 5-0, and Strasbourg yeah. are not, not mugs. Especially given the recent form of Strasbourg. Ah. Three wins out of four, and that's four. But, yeah, brilliant win for, for Brest and... They are shooting up the table. Uh, Amiens have uh, sort of had a bit of a had a bit of a wonky run. Three straight defeats uh, to Montpellier in a four-two four-two uh, win four-two uh, loss. Sorry, they lost to Rennes three-one and lost. Uh, what was the game in the middle of that? Strasbourg, of course, four-nil. They did come back though with a one-nil win over the aforementioned Brest and then drew last time out against Etienne. So, sort of um, struggling, but sixteenth, looking over their shoulder a touch, but. You'd yeah. like to think that they've got enough to stick around. Um, and well, this is, but I think what worries me about this is they got Regis Gertner and goal. And Melissa Legend. Yeah, who is, who at least was, a very good goalkeeper. And you. Just you just mentioned those scores. They they shipped four to Montpellier. They shipped three to whoever. They're, that's becoming a problem. It used to be that Omiel could could move forward knowing that they had a great goalkeeper and a good defence who were going to, you know, keep things reasonably tight at the back and let them go. And that is not what's happening this year. They have the second highest goals conceded after Toulouse before we get to this round of matches. 28 conceded. That's not... That's... If you were relying on your goalkeeper to help you stay up the table, that is not good. So, yeah, I think there's problems there because... They're reasonably sharp up front, but if they can't, you know, um, lock the door at the back, then that's going to be a big, big problem. Yeah, it's that age-old thing as well, isn't it? Can you can you score goals? Um, which um, brings us on to to Mets, Jez. Um, give you some some time here. I want to pair you in with Dijon um, because fortunes are sort of going opposite ways in recent weeks for, for the two clubs. 
Are you, um, how are you sort of feeling about the Mets at the moment? We're in four draws in the last five. Um, Dijon winning two of their last five, so they're very much sort of on a slightly upward curve from where they were. Is it a case of you expected or are expected where, where you expected to be, I should say? Is, is that kind of how you feel about it at the moment? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely take 17th place at the end of the season. And I, I would take, I would definitely be happy with Mess sort of finishing the season, having taken a point per game. I think probably they'll be safe if they manage to keep that up. But I mean, you, you compare them to Dijon, I, I sort of, to be honest, could eas- easily compare them to Brighton. Um, as sort of my other team, they're they're I think the same number of points, and for both teams, there's a huge frustration that they've left so many points out there. And you can take this weekend as an example that um, they they were completely outplaying Nîmes and then stupidly conceded a goal and, and couldn't get back into it. Um, they they squandered a two goal lead against Montpellier. Um, they squandered two leads, the second one deep into injury time against Toulouse. Um, even two weeks ago, when they started horrifically uh, against Ras, I think, I can't remember now. Um, once they got back into the match, they looked the more likely to win, but but couldn't put it away. And that that's the annoying thing, that um, although I'd take where they are, they could so easily be a lot higher. And at some point, I worry that that's going to sort of come back to bite us. Mm, yeah, it's that case of sort of what could have been despite what is almost. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sort of, uh, yeah, I know all about that with the club I follow. It's You look at other teams' results and you think, if we'd have just got one or two more wins, we could be, you know, up the table and clear. But as it is, not the case. Um, which leads to the last two clubs um, at the bottom, Phil. Um, to lose, I, I can't really make a case to say that anything can save them now. Five straight defeats, bottom, uh, and Neem yeah, the same. I mean, three draws and five well, down there as well. Neem, this may just be uh, because they're the local rivals and everything, but Neem have a degree of fighting spirit, which occasionally is literal, um, but they have fought their way out of bad corners in the past. I mean, you think about the whole starting with minus nine points in League de, or whatever it was and, and managing to stay up. So potentially they could just claw and scrap their way out of this. But I mean, Toulouse have got like five losses on the bounce. And you don't see that changing anytime soon. They're not cut adrift quite, because um, uh, leaving aside tonight's uh, this round of matches, these teams are both on twelve, and the ones above them are on fifteen. But Toulouse just don't look like they've got it in them to to recover no unlike in you know previous years where they managed their own remontada um it it does look like curtains frankly i did feel a bit sorry for them in that marseille game because until the red card i thought they were 
there was a bit of that fighting spirit, whether it's just because it was on TV, I don't know. But I did feel like they were in yes, that game. I mean, it, it, was, it was notable that, obviously, OM, uh, um, to went down to um, 10 men inside the first half, and it yeah. took until 77 and 79 for Marseille to score. Mm. But it looks like if they go down to 10 men, they've got even less of an idea how to go forward, and they cannot hold out. No. So even at 11 men, they don't look like they're massively convincing going forwards. No. Um, I mean... It's actually uh, Dijon are the lowest scorers in the league with nine. Nine goals, wow. Nine. Um, so, obviously, they're better than that. They're actually better than Nîmes, but they just have got real problems at the back and real problems in controlling games. And, yeah, it's not looking good. No. Really no. not looking good. No, no, not at all. We um we did mention at the start of the show there is a full midweek program um underway. So we mentioned that the games that have now finished. Um, well, oh. let's, let's be honest, Bordeaux Neem is finished even with seven minutes to go at five nil. But you know, um, two five nil games in an evening. That's yeah, good. that yeah, goes so well for Leon and Field. Not, not recovered. Brilliantly there. Nope. So two hat tricks this evening though for Batoccio for Brest and Maja for Bordeaux. So yeah. that's nice. Sunderland legend. And uh, tights for Memphis Depay I'm watching currently. So that's not a good look. Um but yes, that game's underway. Yeah, you've way, seen um, what else he's been wearing recently. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's quite it's tame for him. The kind of floral sports bra situation that he yeah. wore on um Canopolis recently, which Less. confused the Hell out of me, Frank. Less said the better on that one. I can 100% agree. Um, <laughs> we have got games tomorrow as well. Uh, 6 p.m. UK UK time kickoffs. St Etienne, Nice, uh, Dijon, Montpellier, Amiens, Rennes, Toulouse, Monaco. That's quite a big one, isn't it? Uh, Metz, Rennes, and PSG Nantes is the 8:05 UK time kickoff. Uh, and then on Friday we see Lille host Brest and Nîmes host OL. That might be worth a watch as well. Um, the Saturday early game is Montpellier-PSG. Mm. Uh, PSG, of course, in midweek action next week, back in the Champions League. That might be a, a decent watch, depending on what sort of side PSG play. You'd imagine it'll be a little bit more fringe, given the... Although they are te- they are qualified, aren't they? So I suppose maybe they might not rest as many as they would, but... Oh, please, please. Please rest play all the, the youth. Places. Play the youth. <laughs> You just never know. Um, nice Mets, um, another tough one for, for your boys, Jez. That's the one of the seven o'clock games. Ren Angers is another. Strasbourg Toulouse, um, again massive game that for Toulouse. Monaco Amiens is the other seven o'clock game. And with Sunday's games, uh, Rams against Saint Etienne is the two o'clock game. Nantes Dijon is the four p.m. game. And Marseille on an evening game on a Sunday. That's a surprise, isn't it? They host Bordeaux um, in a game which might be watchable, to be fair. Two sides in, in decent nick at the moment. So that might be a good game if the weather, of course, holds out. Um, just obviously, so we haven't convened for a little while. Is there anything that you want to uh, discuss? Anything that you want to sort of, I don't like using the phrase any other business, but anything you'd like to bring up that we haven't covered uh, just going down the teams of the past few weeks. Um, 
No, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, there's also been the um, uh, the international. I think we've missed an international break as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the draw, of course, as well. Yeah. I mean, I I think this whole Euro. I mean, I dread to think how much all the English pundits would be slagging off everything about this Euro and the draw and the locations and things if it had, for example, happened that France had all their matches at home or Germany or Spain or whatever. I think British press are going easy on it all because everything is sort of geared towards England. But um, everything about it, I think, is farcical. And for the reigning world champions and previous Euro finalists to not be a top seed is an absolute joke. Mm. And obviously the result of that is that they're in the group of death. Um, I suppose you could say, well, seeing as they are world champions, they shouldn't sort of fear anyone else and that, you know, those other teams can't be happy about drawing France either. But still, it's not an ideal situation. Obviously, as usual, England and their warm balls got a very, very nice draw. Um, so uh, I think there's a very tough summer ahead for France. Um, there's still some injury worries amongst the squad as well, with Mbappe sort of not seeming completely fit. Pogba still out. Dubois just broken into the squad now, injured for a bit oh. as well. Yeah. Um, so sorry. So yeah, kind of possibly tough summer coming up for for France. Yeah, um, Pogba injury is running on, isn't it? As well, that seems to be a rumor of a metatarsal, isn't it? The longer that goes, I mean, he's going to need some time to get his form back. Um, and when he does come back, it, God knows who or where Manchester United will be managed by or who with. But <laughs> I feel like he's quite important right. to get back into the setup before that that Euro comes round and. Uh, there has been some um, there has been some passing to uh, Anton Griezmann at Barcelona of recent. I've noticed that's that's a new a new thing. Um, people <laughs> passing him the ball, but um, yeah, it, it is. It, I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed for France, but I'm also disappointed for the the tournament as a whole because you want to see a good tournament, and I just think that, as you say, you know, a few few nations have got some fairly simple draws. I know it doesn't always work out that way. See Germany, South Korea at the World Cup for example, but you kind of want to see Portugal, France and Germany in the latter stages. And and the fact that, what is it, the best third place can go through means that, in theory, if they're all clever, um, there is a possibility for all three to go through. So it's just a weird... Yeah, one, I mean, who is the... Um, uh, whoever is the... Um, oh, yeah, good luck. ...person good luck. who gets in there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's not going to be a, a fun evening. Take your walk, it'll be it'll be awkward. Yes, yeah, definitely. But um, we'll... I still I still don't understand how this whole thing works. I mean, the the Nations League confused me enough, and then they pulled this crap on us. I mean, I am used to you know best third place teams going through because I watch women's football, and they didn't do uh, sixteen team groups, uh, sixteen team tournaments for a while. Mm. But this is madness, yeah. frankly, with the whole yeah, uh, seedings, whatever, home uh, hosts and tournaments and 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 playoffs and whatever. And I don't know which way's up, frankly. Um, I did have um, the um, uh, Lekipa kind of pull out calendar and map, and then I left that um copy of Le Keep in the recycling 
bucket of the hotel I was in at the weekend. So I'm still none the wiser. No. And I don't care. I'm just going to wait until the tournament happens and then appear frantically and just hope. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of the best best way of doing things. Um, just sticking with you as well, we've had a bit of cup action as well. Um, mm-hmm. We don't need to go into too much depth, but any notable notable um, sort of results or, or passages for, for clubs that have gone through in different competitions? Well, the Coupe de la Ligue, uh, we've got the next round is on the 17th and 18th of December. We have one uh, Ligue 2 team still in it, which are Le Mans. Who, who beat uh, Nice three-two in the um, alleged Cisiums? Uh, Vieira was fucking furious about his team's um, presentation in that game. Uh, Le Mans' um, uh, prize for being the only Ligue 2 team to go through is that they meet PSG mm. in the Wiedems. Um so there's that. Uh, on the Coupe de France, we are heading towards the post-Christmas, uh, post-Christmas um, time when the Ligue 1 team comes into it. Um, until now, uh, our man on the ground, John Mainland, has been uh, keeping an eye on the early rounds of that, which are wonderful, and you can find all of them on the website. Um, and we've got... Um, in the Women's Champions League, PS, PSG and OL are both through. And it's a really long wait until the quarterfinals. They're in March. Yeah. So they had like the WTMs were in like, October. And now we have to wait five months. But PSG will be playing Arsenal, which I'm sure you'll be pleased to know, Chris. Mm. And OL will be playing Bayern. And in the other games, Atletico Madrid will be playing Barca, and they were the ones that broke the the world record for attendance at a women's club game in March, with over 60,000 people watching them uh, in La Liga. Uh, so that should be interesting. And Glasgow City are probably going to get absolutely hammered by Wolfsburg. So yeah. those are the quarterfinals. But yeah, we've still got two French teams in it, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how how that goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just for our listeners, that are, of course, I'm sure are, are dying to know how Lorient are getting on in, in league. They are one nil up tonight, so uh, the charge is still very much on. <laughs> uh, well done, boys! Little Jimmy, little Jimmy Cabo still scoring the goal. I'm top of the table ahead of Lance. Oh yes, I thought you might like that. <laughs> yes, long may it continue. And um, it's finished in Bordeaux six nil versus yes. Nîmes. After, and this is why it took them so long to finish. Uh, Jez mentioned earlier some trouble off the pitch with the boardroom and whatever. Uh, apparently, the ultras had some banners up criticising the board earlier. Those banners were taken away. The ultras didn't react well. The match was stopped. And then the banners were given back to them, which tells you, I think, something you need to know. And Bordeaux went on to win 6-0 against Nîmes. So, as Jess said, the stuff off the pitch is not popular, but the focus on the pitch 
appears to still be good. So yeah. we hope, in a sense, we hope the focus on the pitch at least continues because um, having your club fucked around with is no fun at all. Um, so, you know, fair play to all those uh, supporting Bordeaux through this difficult time. And they and have just won 6 nil, so that'll do a world of good. And Nîmes have just doubled their goal difference in one match. They were, despite <laughs> being sort of joint bottom of the table, yeah. they were only minus six, which is quite impressive, actually. Yeah, They're yeah. now minus 12 and yeah, still yeah, ahead yeah. of Toulouse. Yeah, which I think will only make them more angry going forwards, which we will, nobody wants to see. <coughs> Everybody no. wants to see. Yes, naturally. Um, yeah, and uh, and uh, at time of recording as well, the Leon Lille game is uh, currently 0-0 with 15 minutes gone. Lots of players wearing tights. I'm not sure about that. I'm really not. Um, like one... It's cold down here, Chris. I know, but... Man, it's cold. Bit, it's, I mean... it's like 10 degrees. But tights, I can understand cycling shorts. Almost understand gloves, but tights, come on. Jesus. Anyway, um, a game from you both that you may well be casting an eye on this weekend. Uh, what? Any thoughts? Uh, who, what? Hang on, I haven't even looked. Ah, I'll, I'll come to you first, Jess. Other than Mets, of course, which you'll be glued to. Any of the fixtures stand out this, this weekend? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better to be honest than anything else. <laughs> Um, oh, oh, okay, okay. Maybe Ras Satetien could be a good one, I think. Yeah. Um, I still think that Ras probably, that they're having trouble scoring a little bit this season, but I still think that they're, they're a very good team with a very nice balance of the sort of youth and attacks and really good young players there. Um, and Satetien have been in fantastic form since Puel came in and we're unlucky to, to lose to a, an injury time goal at the weekend, but... Um, I, yeah, I think this one could be a good match. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself? Um, yeah, OM Bordeaux is mm. the big is the big game because I think Bordeaux have pulled themselves together a bit. They're coming off the back of a really good, you know, um, kind of heartening win tonight. That could be interesting. I will also be attempting to attend Montpellier PSG and hoping that they are indeed playing the kids. Yeah, I'm calling, it, I'm calling it at least a draw in that one for Montpellier. The, the one that captures my eyes slightly is that Strasbourg-Toulouse game. I just think that if, if Strasbourg, with what's happened to them tonight, they'll want to bounce back quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And if Toulouse can capitalise potentially on Strasbourg maybe having a bit of a doldrums, um, if they were to be able to win away, which I appreciate is probably as rare as Rocky Horse Poo, but if they do, that could potentially mean that their their uh, season might still just about be alive. It'd be interesting to um to see. There was a stat. There was a stat that that came out this weekend that since the start of last season, um, Combuare has lost. I can't remember if it's twenty four or twenty six matches, league matches. Ouch. Yeah, that's not good, is it? That's that's relegation form, as as people would say. Yeah, yeah, not not good at all. Um, just before we we go, um, I just like to say once again thank you to those who did get in touch about uh, us missing weeks, and um, we genuinely do appreciate it. Um, we're sorry, we're yeah, sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. But remember, you ungrateful buggers, we do this for free. Okay, so you know, if you want to pay us, we'll be here every week. 
<laughs> until then you, you have to just bear with us um but no if uh, if you do um if you do have any questions for us we're, we're going to be embarking in the the sort of the christmas period fairly soon which obviously is a time when uh, people either are desperate for more content because they're trying to avoid their families and, and partners and god knows what else or their uh, take their time is taken away so if we are missing one or two weeks uh, or one or two episodes at any point in time we will try and let you know um, but I think the plan is to try and do a couple uh, in and around the Christmas period, which obviously will be busy before the winter break. So we will do that. And of course, we have the wonderful world of January transfers coming up, where uh, the time of year, of course, where Liga is pillaged by um, mid-rate English teams desperately trying to save their seasons. So um, expect Josh Major to return to uh, to a club near you soon. But um, yeah, we'll try and cover that. But it, it is a good time of year for if people do have any questions or you know, any particular subjects that they want to bring up, um, we might just sort of save those up one week and then just do kind of a and a pod maybe when uh, when things are uh, quiet or, or whatnot. And of course, the schedule will change. I don't even know what day Christmas Day is this year because I don't care. It's, it's uh, a Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, so that week, fairly likely chance we won't be podding on the 24th, 25th or 26th. So no. that might be a week off for us. Um, so yeah, if you've got questions, maybe get them in before the week of the 23rd or before the new year. And uh, maybe we'll we'll see if we can get the, the, some of those in before then. Uh, and of course, Rich will be back at some point as well uh, when he's back from his, uh, his holidays. He's, where has he been? He's been in Strasbourg. Has he? Was he? Yeah. Wasn't he in Greece as well? Did I imagine that? Possibly. I think possibly a Greek restaurant in Strasbourg. That might be what it was, yeah. yeah. I get confused. I see pictures on Instagram. I don't know where, where everyone is. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think we will we'll draw a line there. Um, I think we've done well to, to cover five weeks in, in one pod. So hopefully you've enjoyed this. Um, and uh, thank you for sticking with us. But yes, please do keep in touch. Uh, we'll be back next week, um, either Tuesday or the Wednesday, I'm sure. Uh, get your questions in, as I said. And uh, hopefully... We'll have much to talk about over the course of the next 24 hours and the weekend's games. So until then, uh, just amazed me to thank my two panellists. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Jess, for coming on board. Thank you. Thank you. And as I say, we'll be back next week. And uh, hopefully we will be able to enjoy our French football until then. Thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you soon.